Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you are. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Thank you for being here today. I have a question first. Do we have any veterans? I see one hand. Okay, thank you for your service. So the Army issued um, some new equipment called Interceptor Body Armor, or IBA. Well, I don't know about you, but the idea that it's called Interceptor because something's coming at me doesn't sound very warm and fuzzy. So this body armor, it doesn't protect your face. It doesn't protect your sides. There's nothing for your arms. There's nothing for your legs. And we know the government, right? So when they're going to purchase things, they purchase things from the highest bidder? The lowest bidder, right? So that means you might be lacking a little quality, right? So the Army gives our veterans this protection But it's only giving them a partial protection, quite literally, from their body. And they're not giving them any spiritual protection. Only God can give us that full spiritual protection. We need more protection than others can give us. And only God can give it to us and meet our spiritual needs. That is why I challenge you today that we need the faith of a harlot. So before I step into my sermon, we're going to bow our heads with, um, to pray today. Kind Heavenly Father, we invite you into this room today, and let this be the word that someone needs to hear today. Let it be your words and not mine. We ask that you go with us and lead us strongly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to turn to Joshua 1.1. So I want to set the timeline. So... Moses just died. He was the servant of this time. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, and he went up to Sinai with Moses. And if you remember, Aaron and the Israelites um, had stayed down below. But they lacked faith. Moses and Joshua were up on the mountain getting the information that they needed. And Aaron and the Israelites... Um, they weren't sure they were coming back down because they were gone there for quite some time. So what do they come back to? Well, lo and behold, they come back to them dancing around a golden calf, no less. So <clears throat> I love Aaron's response. It's it's just kind of poetic. He says, well, I, I really don't know what happened. We took some gold and we melted it. And, oh, pops this calf, and we're just going to march around and pray to this. Um, He's not quite sure how that all came out. Aaron lacked faith because he wasn't sure that they were coming back down from that mountain. But Joshua, he was a man of uncanny faith and character. He had integrity, and he had leadership, and he was willing to stand against a people whose heart was still in in Egypt. You know, sometimes here today, it feels like maybe we're in Egypt because there's a lot of not nice things happening. It's not the way things were. And when we look back to 
when we move on in the story, there was um, spies that were chosen to go check out the promised land. Who remembers how many spies were chosen? What was that? I heard it. Twelve, right. And why were they chosen? Or how were they chosen? Were they just random or they were chosen from the 12 tribes? And Joshua and Caleb were two of those 12 spies that were chosen to go and check out the land. And Joshua and Caleb were the only ones to return with a positive report. They, like the others, saw the Anak people. So I did a little research and the word Anak means neck, right? And the Anak people were tall, huge, and muscular people. So in mind, I'm, in my mind, I don't fit this build at all, but you think of those football players that have no neck, right? And they're just huge. Um, and so that's the, they saw those. And 10 of those spies ran away, but Jacob and Caleb held fast, strong in their faith. They saw the dangers. They saw the giants. They saw, um, <clears throat> but they also saw um, a God who could overcome the giants because of their great faith. So next in the story, as we progress, they were told to cross the Jordan and take the city of Jericho. Now Jericho was known as the city of palms. The land in Jericho was very fertile, and Jericho was the first stop in conquering the promised land. Jericho was in the seat of the Canaanite moon worship, and paganism was running rampant. So it wasn't a warm and fuzzy city. Now the question was, were the children of Israel allowed to take anything from Jericho after they destroyed the city? Who remembers? Could they take anything out? No. They were told to leave it all. Now a lot of times in history, in past history, when they were able to conquer a city, they were able to take maybe gold or riches or the cattle, but they were told absolutely to take nothing. Nothing precious or value could be taken from the city of, the, of Jericho. The Israelites had a history, as we heard about, of sending out spies to check things out before they entered into a city. And Joshua, he remembered the whole situation as he was a part of with the 12 spies and only two coming back as the rest turned up yellow-bellied when they saw these giant Anak people. So if we're turning to Joshua 2, Joshua decided to do things a little bit different on with Jericho. He handpicked two spies to report back to him. Now, the first place that these um, two spies stop is a brothel. Okay, so, so we read the story and we think, oh, it's okay. But let me put this in context. So if I was traveling to a city to preach, which I probably wouldn't, but if I was traveling with my husband and he called the pastor of that church and says, hey, where's the nearest brothel? You guys would all be appalled. <laughs> but in the story, they're like, oh, it's fine. They went to a brothel. Um, but um, let's really check out the reason for this stop. Number one, the Rahab's brothel was on the outer edge of the city. So when you're going to take a city, you don't want to be going into the heart of the city, right? You want an easy escape. So she was on an outside wall. And not only that, um, they were hoping to come in and not make a huge stir, right? Because they were Israelites. But within about two minutes, they were snapped, tweeted, and posted on Instagram that the Israelites were in the city and the king sent men looking. They were worried um, that the children of Israel um, were there because they had a reputation. What was their reputation? Were they known for just coming in and checking things out? No. 
they were known for coming in, checking things out, and conquering a city. So the king was worried, really worried. Um, so we're going to turn to um, chapter 2 of Joshua, verse 4. And it says, Then the woman, speaking of Rahab, took the two men and hid them. She said, Yes, the men came, but I do not know where they went. So this is when the spies were coming asking about um, where these Israelites were. First of all, she lied. <laughs> and sometimes we like to put color on our lies, right? Because it makes it better. White lies are better than regular lies, right? I doubt it. Um, <clears throat> but I'm here to tell you that even white lies matter. Um, and in Joshua... Um, Chapter 2, verse 9, She, this is what she tells the spies. So if we turn to verse 9, she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea, for when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shino and Og, and whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did them remain any more courage in any of these for you, for you're the Lord, your God. He is in heaven above and the earth beneath. So now this wasn't the spies, the Israelites coming in and talking. This was Rahab telling these men about what their God had done in the country. She knows the name of God. And even though she was living in a Canaanite city that was full of moon worship and she herself did not have the greatest profession, but she had heard of him. Some people say that the God of the Old Testament was a God of violence and vengeance and not a God of love and mercy. But if that's really the case, how is it that the name of God had reached the Canaanite people? Mercy had extended beyond the Israelite people. Mercy is on display all throughout the Old Testament. One of the verses that um, kind of displays that is in Joshua 2.11, and it says, As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither, <clears throat> excuse me, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven. In the, the God in heaven and above and on the earth beneath. Rahab, the pagan harlot, had heard the stories of God and they had had an impact on her. The Holy Spirit had been working on her heart. Sometimes God is working behind the scenes long before we, before we are. But in our selfish nature, sometimes it leads us to think that we did the work. Really, we're just catching up to God. So, you know, it could lead people, could have let, led the spies to think, oh, it was us that led her here. No, no, no. It had been the Holy Spirit and we were just catching up. Yes, Rahab was living a lifestyle that none of us would condone, but she was living a lifestyle that was very acceptable during that time and in her city. We look down sometimes on Abraham for sleeping with Hagar, but in his time, it was normal if your wife was barren to find a surrogate. Rahab was living a life counter to God, but she was living up to the light that she was given, and she knew it, 
and that she knew at that time. God met her where she was. Rahab had the faith to seize the opportunity presented to her to leave the old lifestyle behind and embrace the God of heaven. Rahab was confronted to make a decision or a choice about the things she had only heard about. When they came to her and she had to make a choice whether to hide those men or to let him go forth. And she, she also had to make the decision when she pleaded not only for herself, but her, for her family. So she pleaded that her family would get to go as well because she wasn't just concerned about her own well-being. She was concerned about her family. And when they asked her to make the decision to drop that scarlet cord, it had to have been something she was pondering. It's like when you're presented with a decision. You don't just... You aren't able to make a quick decision if you haven't, in your mind's eye, been thinking about it before. And so in her mind, there was no decision. She knew what she had to do. God had, um, God may be calling one of you to make a decision that you've been kind of holding back. But I challenge you to have the faith of a harlot today and step out in faith on that decision. It was a harlot who saw enough in the hope of God to say that I want what God has to offer me. To say, I want what he offers more than what this world offers me. I'm here to say that our God will deliver you just like he delivered Rahab. We know that we, we know that they marched in silence for six days. And on the seventh day, we heard the shofar sound. And the unseen angels gathered around that city and they pushed the walls of Jericho in, except where there was blood over the doorpost, so to speak. Only where the scarlet cord hung. Did the walls remain? And Joshua said, go in and fulfill your promise. And they went in and brought out Rahab and her family. Rahab and her family, after the ritual um, purification, were allowed to come in and be a part of the nation of Israel. And she married one of the princes of Israel. So because Rahab was willing to accept the mercies that God had extended to her, she was welcomed into the family of God and into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Wow, this is why we need and should want the faith of a harlot. It is not about the faith of Rahab, but it is about the faith that God extended to her and she accepted. The faith that he exercised and the faith that the harlot exercised was the faith of Jesus. I want the faith of Jesus. I don't know what your struggles are, but there are a few lessons to be learned from this story today. Number one, great sin is not a bar to repentance. It doesn't matter how great your sin is. Rahab um, had an interesting and we'll say spicy life, but she is in the lineage of Jesus Christ because she chose to step out in faith. But that doesn't mean that your sin might not follow you. We all still know that Rahab is still a harlot. That's how she's known, whether she even after she changed. So even though your sin is not a bar to repentance, your sin may follow you. Your past may follow you, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Lesson number two, even though your sin may follow you, don't let it bog you down because God is able to use broken vessels. Amen. Lesson three, is you can be a hero of your faith. You may not be listed in Hebrews chapter 11. It's already been written, but you can be added to the log. Maybe you lived as a harlot, a murderer, a thief, or a liar. Whatever your sin, God can still use you.
Lesson number four, we have a choice to make. You can't just make a choice once. You have to make the choice every day to follow God. Don't just choose Jesus 20 years ago. And when someone asks how Jesus is working in your life, you come up with the story empty-handed. You have to choose to follow Jesus every day and ask him to give you a new testimony every day. Choose to ask God to use you every day. Don't let a day go by that you don't pray for a divine appointment. Ask God to give you a fresh testimony every day. And this is why we should want the faith of a harlot. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.